welcome back to the Make an Adjustment Podcast. I'm your host, Julie, and after a short break, I'm back and ready to face the year with you. I have experienced some things both inside myself and around me that are trying to keep me down. These things made me question some things and attempted to have stress overtake me. It also tried to keep me from staying on the path. But I'm working on that daily. I'm fighting the good fight and I'm making my adjustments. I've had to arm myself with a few things that will keep me on my path because I admit it's only February and with all the things that have occurred that have attempted to keep, keep, has attempted to keep me like not going in my direction. To me, the world has become an unforgiving place and I don't mean like they don't forgive you, which they don't do that either. But I mean, there's no room for error. There's no room for opposite opinions. People attempt to hush others in the name of being triggered. So before we get started, I ask you, are you easily triggered? Triggered. Ugh, I really, really do have learned to hate this word. And I'm a social worker. I'm supposed to understand what triggers are. Uh, but words like PTSD, triggers, flashbacks are ways to describe someone that has been through intense trauma, like wars, abuse, trafficking. But with the overuse of the word triggered is, is really affecting things, and it's relatively a new word that is being used in a broader sense. People have started to use this word anytime they feel like their feelings are hurt because... And not because, sorry, not because they have suffered intense trauma. A war veteran can be triggered by a sound that takes him back to the war. A abuse victim can be triggered by the sound of yelling. And a trafficking victim can be triggered by a smell. But... Everyday people should not say they are triggered because someone else said something they didn't like. This sort of waters down the word a bit, don't you think? It takes away from the seriousness of a true victim of trauma, of having triggers. This word has also become synonymous with being offended. So I may say something that you don't like that you think offended you, but you say you're triggered by it. No, you weren't triggered by it. You did not have a flashback. You did not have a panic attack. And you did not suffer PTSD symptoms because you did not agree with what I said. It's also a way that people attempt to silence others. Silencing something is the world is doing by droves. I mean by droves. Christians are being silenced because of their faith that may offend someone. Individuals that believe a certain way are being silenced because their belief in a particular candidate or political view may not line up with theirs, and so they are being silenced. So many individuals feel like they cannot share their point of view because it might offend or trigger someone else. Individuals and groups feel so entitled these days, and this entitlement prevents people to see another person's point of view 
Individuals and, t and sometimes even large groups attempt to silence other people by calling them names, saying false things about them, or attempts to defame their character. There are so many people who believe what is fed to them and do not do their own research and truly try to think about what's being said. They don't do their own research, their own free thinking. People are being told what to think and people have stopped thinking for themselves. How can people say they want unity when many people won't let individuals be individuals? We don't have to like what everyone says, but we do not give we do not have to give people the right I'm sorry, but we do have to give the people the right to think freely, right? We do. It's kind of what this whole thing is based on. We should be allowed to say within, I mean, I, I don't believe that you should make up stuff and I don't believe that you should like um, just say whatever you feel. But I think that if you have something that's based on fact or you have something that's based on truth, you should be able to say it whether I believe it or not. I was listening to a church sermon this week from a local church, and the pastor said that people who feel entitled to everything often feel grateful for nothing. And I thought that was a very powerful statement because it's so true. There are so few people, when you look at TV shows, the news, political government of any side, who's grateful? No one's grateful. Everyone's entitled. A humble, humble, selfless people should be living for the good of others in order for unity to exist. And right now, people, unity not only does not exist, it's almost discouraged. This pastor also stated that patience is walking with people when they have hurt you, whether real or perceived. And when we hurt someone, we believe that person owes us something. However, patience is not holding that over them but loving and walking with them with hope of restoration. So that's a great thing. So we can like try and love people we don't agree with and be able to get along with them. And if we have hurt them or they have hurt us, we can continue to walk with them and hope that we can reconcile with them. Thank you, Dr. Herstrom. President Bush said, we tend to judge ourselves by our greatest achievements, but we judge others by our greatest fail by their greatest failures. That's also extraordinarily accurate these days. Everyone wants to see everyone do bad. No one wants to see anyone do good. People are unable to be happy for the success of others, and instead of finding joy in the fail instead they find joy in the failures of others why is that that's not why we're here i want to find my joy and it i want to my find my joy in the successes of others i don't want to find it in their failures my joy should come from my faith and my success in my friends my family and even people i don't know my joy should not come from other people hurting other people I've been tested on this in the last month. I've had to dig, dig deep and truly try and stay positive. I admit at one time I was so angry, I had to stop writing this exact podcast episode because I didn't 
I couldn't say things with a positive attitude. I had my patience and my forbearance tested. And you ask, what's the difference between patience and forbearance? Well, I only also recently discovered this. Again, great sermon, Dr. Herstrom. Patience is walking with someone who has hurt you, and forbearance is walking with people when they hurt. And this comes out of Ephesians 5.25. So, I'll give you an example. We had an incident at my son's school that I did not agree with at all. I felt I truly felt the school was out of line, and it was followed up with a few statements that only added to the fire. I truly don't remember the last time I had been so outwardly angry. I was hurt by the school. I was hurt by someone I thought was supposed to be guiding my child turn towards Christ. Yes, he goes to a Christian private school. And I was hurt for my child. When I get hurt, I also get angry. When I get angry, I sometimes cry. Kind of all goes hand in hand kind of annoying um i did end up sending an email to the school which i don't do very often but i had to wait until i could rationally and patiently allow my faith to guide my words and not my anger but when i was presented the opportunity to talk to the person in person at the school she was very aware by my body language how angry i was I was unable to control that. I couldn't stop it. I looked mad. I, I made her uncomfortable. I, I, I was so angry that I couldn't stop myself from looking that way in my appearance. She gave myself and a few of however, she gave myself and a few of the parents a chance to speak our piece about the situation at school. I was finally able to gain my own peace and speak with fact and not anger. I did not say a word until I could reach that point. However, the adversary has attempted to let me sit in that anger and attempt to not forgive. I have been angry over and over and over about this situation. But now I must walk with this person because she's hurting too. Due to the extreme backlash that occurred due to this incident. This person is a kind and gentle soul, but she will also need to do her own deep dive into the feelings, into her feelings, due to the situation that occurred and the statement that was made. Now, here's what I want you to hear. I do not forgive and walk with this person because I've had a change of heart. I do not feel like the school was right. They weren't. So that doesn't mean because I forgive that they get off what what happened. It means that I have to deal with my own anger. By staying angry and attempting to silence them like others were silenced and saying things that I should not say like they did does not help the situation at all. I must forgive and prayerfully find a way to make real change at the school, but I can't do that if I'm angry and spreading negativity. I had to repeatedly go back to my faith, to God, to help me forgive because I believe this incident made much more of a larger impact than the school is willing to accept and believe. The parents in the school, however, are supposed to work together and make our children learn and grow together. 
I have spent the better part of seven years at this school, and the majority of the time I have been so thankful for the opportunity to attend this school. And I want you to hear that. So, therefore, it's worth fighting for for next generations of kids to go to this school. And you may feel that about your workplace, your friend group, your, your, uh, your school, your kid's school. You know, there are lots of places where this can happen, where you really felt like this is where God had led you, and the adversary got smack dab in the middle of it. And that's what's happened here. So now we got to take that out and work together as a group to make sure that we can face this problem and get past it together. We have to look at that at life, at life like that too. Too many times people pull small pieces of negativity from a person's life and publicly railroad this person because of this small piece of life. Why? Because the world responds. Look at the news. The adversary has made it where the majority of people relish in the fact that someone has done something bad, even if most of the time that person has spent most of their, their lives trying to help others. Some people even make up stuff that is negative and put it out there, and the vast majority of the people believe the lie and judge the person. I actually watched a podcast on that. I could not, not a podcast. I watched a documentary on that. I think it's on Netflix called American Crime, where this person was kidnapped and hurt and no one believed them and thought they were making it up. And people behind a keyboard and behind a social media trashed these people and said horrible things. They don't know these people. They didn't have a right to say mean things to this person. And it turns out they were telling the truth the entire time. And they discovered it. But the police didn't help. It took a police officer from a different police station to put it all together and realize these people were telling the truth. But, the, but what caught me most was the, the people on social media. How, we don't have a right to judge these people. We don't know both sides of those stories. Um, so we need to, we need to not do that. We need to dig in, dig deep, find out facts. Government officials can tell, uh, a great example of this as well. They can tell us that the economy is good and that they have done wonders for our country. Again, it can be either side. However, I don't care what side of the fence you sit on right this second. If you go to the grocery store, eat out, pay your bills, and you're not a multimillionaire, you know that our country is way worse off today than it has been. Homelessness has always been a problem. But look around. There are more homeless than there ever were. We, I see them everywhere now. And I've been in bigger cities where it is a problem. So my point is is that they are up there on the TV telling you over and over again the things that are good, that things are good, and you're supposed to believe it. But if you can't afford to buy food and you're only, and you're not getting the raise to meet the demands, and you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you can't go on vacation anymore, you know the economy's not good. No matter what someone else tells you. So don't let people up there say, hey, the economy's good. And you go, oh, yeah, maybe it's me. The economy's good, and I'm the one that's living paycheck to paycheck. No. You know that it costs double. People three years ago were paying average of 
75 for a car. Now they're paying, on average, almost $700 a month. That's a significant increase. Bread is more. Eggs are more. Eating out used to be $20 a plate was like the fancy restaurant you went to. Now $20 a plate is average for most restaurants. That's crazy. Who wants to go to Chick-fil-A and eat for $60? Nobody. So you got to understand what you're seeing is what you're seeing. Just because someone tells you that it's not true doesn't mean that it's not true. It means you know it's true because you have the facts and the things to back it up. You have the receipts. You have the, the lack of raise. You have the increased taxes that are happening all over this country. You know. You know. And it should be that way for most things in life. We are so busy telling everyone else what to think that we have lost sight of being unified. We have lost sight on what is good for people, our children, and ourselves. After this incident at the school, my son continued to face multiple situations that where things appeared unfair, challenging, and caused him to dig deep into himself in regards to his own beliefs. He had to test his friendships and work through things with an adult mind and not the mind of a child. I'm personally very proud of the way he has handled these things because he has not bowed down to the general mob. Luckily, he's never been a person that like being told what to do or how to think, and he continues to grow that skill, but now it's in a positive way as you know, before, when he was little and liked to fight me on it. I, too, have had to listen to what people have said and come up with my own way of handling things. I was told what I should say and do in these situations by my friends and family, but I had to research, pray, and find my own words. I wanted to be the person that people know I will not judge you or silence you because you have an opinion different than mine. I also will not be the person that flies off the handle and says negative things about you because of something I was told. I will get angry, and if, if you attempt to harm my family, yes, Mama Bear comes out. Let's Come on, ladies, we all know that, that happens. Now, if you try to silence my child or push your agenda on my family, I have trouble with that. Yes, I'm going to admit it. I do. But I have to take a beat, and I have to take minutes and maybe days to gain control of myself I, I personally pray you may do something else, and I ask for assistance on how to handle things. I cannot go on and on without... I can't go on being angry and, and yelling at people and saying negative things about people. It just... That's just not the way life should be. Then... I Don't get me wrong, when it comes to children, especially young children, again, I am a social worker. I have strong beliefs on what they should be exposed to. Okay, I do. I, I, I do believe that we should limit some of the things that children are exposed to. But I also believe that the majority of that starts here at home. I, I have my kiddos in a private school, and I know that not everyone is able to make that choice for their child. But being in a private school did not stop my child from being exposed to things he should not have been exposed to. 
But what it did for me and my family was open up room for great conversation. Home is where it starts. We have to talk to our kids, not at our kids. Listen to them. Understand them. Once, one time when my son was in, I don't know, I think he was in the seventh or eighth grade. I can't remember. One of his classes decided to show a movie about abortion that was pretty graphic, especially for that age. The teacher was great. She sent an email and said, hey, this is what we're doing. And these were the expectations. And if you're, you didn't want your child exposed to it, then they'll come those days. Um, and they, they had to do it over a couple of days because it was a longer movie and they only had like a, a you know, class time is only so so they had but then they were going to talk about it and have conversation but my kid my kid wasn't going to talk about it he wasn't going to ask questions in class because it's embarrassing they were in seventh and eighth grade um so what we do did i complain and say oh no he's too young to watch this no i did not we watched it at home. I found the movie. We watched it at home. We watched it together as a family. And so if he had questions, he could ask us. That is the way to handle that situation. You may not have... You may have strong opinions on abortion. And you may have strong opinions on a re religion. Or strong opinions on politics. But if you are talking at people and not to people, and you cannot have a conversation without yelling and cursing and doing all sorts of things, no one's going to want to talk to you about these things. You have to be able to have conversations. And I have the greatest friends. I have two of my best friends I grew up with, um, Eric and Jason. And they do not sit on the same political fence as I do. They do not sit on the same religious fence that I do. But we have always, always been able to have great conversations without anyone ever getting mad. We, we could talk about how they felt about certain issues, how I felt about certain issues. I didn't judge them. They didn't judge me. But that is a very rare thing, especially, you know, especially these days, to have. I know that I can talk to these friends about anything. And even though they all live far away from me, I know that that friendship is strong enough to endure almost anything and even these strong conversations. Um, so anyway, back to the movie. My son did watch it. We, talk we talked about it and he was prepared when he went to class. We didn't make a big stink at the school. We didn't grab and complain, and we handled it as a family at home. That way, my son felt like he had a voice. He had an opinion. He is also debating something right now about school that he doesn't know if he wants to do. I told him, great, I'm here to talk about it. You think about it. You talk about it. I'm here for you. I'm not going to make you do something you don't want to do. I made him do something he didn't want to do last year but now I'm giving him the opportunity now he has a deadline I do have to I, I have to take care of it at school if he doesn't want to do this so I told him he I need to know by this date but it's his decision and it's his talking and he was able to talk it out and I was able to hear him because he knows he has a voice in my house he's not just a kid he has a voice and I want both my kids to always know that. 
Um, and it teaches them to think on their own, which I also really like. Like, he is an independent thinker. He always has been, bless his heart, my youngest. <laughs> I'm sure all of you have youngest like this. But he is a independent thinker. He, if you say black, he says white. If you say up, he says down. It's always been that way. But I never wanted to squash that spirit. I always wanted him to be able to. My older son was the opposite. He was very accommodating. He was very sweet. He didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But now he's able to, you know, they both kind of come back into the middle. He's able to talk. He's able to have conversations. He, he able, he's able to process things. And he still believes that he can come to me for anything he needs so like even though they were very on opposite ends of the spectrum they have come together and become independent thinkers and 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 strong strong men which i love i love it so um if you teach if you reach out and you stand strong and you let your family know they have a voice and you teach them to be free thinkers, you teach them that they don't have to be silent, then we grow together, in fact, in unity. Because most people who are free thinkers aren't judgy of other people. They're not judgy of other religions. They're not judgy of other um, people, politics, religion. You name the touchy subject. Most free thinkers and people who are independent are going to have more open-mindedness than the people that are trying to squash you and are closed-minded about situations. So we are allowed to think and state our opinions without quote-unquote triggering others. Others are allowed to speak without thinking, and we don't have to like it, but no matter what side of the fence you sit on regarding a topic, you do not get to think and speak for me. But I do not get to respond with hate, discord, or angry words in any way. I don't get to do that either. I choose, I, I need to choose to respond with that, with kindness, and with prayerful consideration. So I leave you today knowing that not everyone will agree with this message. But I hope you truly heard the message with positivity and love. I wish you a wonderful week. And if you will have any comments or suggestions, please make sure you Email me at makeanadjustment at gmail.com and make sure to support the Make an Adjustment Facebook and Instagram pages. I truly hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day tomorrow and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye.